Hey everybody, welcome to the Calhoun Ward Living Histories Podcast. I am your host, John Phillips, a member of the Calhoun Ward. Let's dive in and learn more about our ward members. Hi, my name is Krisha Richardson. I was born and raised in Sandy, Utah. That's about um, 15, 20 minutes away from Salt Lake City. And I was born on September 25th, 1993. And I was mm, raised by a wonderful um, family. My mother and father, my mother's name is Michelle Winkleman. That's her maiden name. And my father is Michael Arndt. And um, my parents were, I don't know, great parents to me. (laughs) And they taught me a lot of um, good principles in the home. My mother stayed at home um, with all three of us. So I have an older brother named Alex and a younger brother named Trevor. So I'm in the middle and Trevor and I are about a year and a half apart, and then my older brother Alex were three years apart. And I'm the only girl. I think I was maybe a little bit spoiled, but not much. Um, I was definitely a daddy's girl. And um, so my father, um, he worked in insurance. um, So he's switched jobs several times, but right now he's working um, in commercial insurance um, at a company called Del Barton. And my mother is a kind of like an accountant for a health insurance company as well. Um, and anyways, we had a good family relationship growing up. And there were always, you know, occasional fights with my siblings, um, especially my younger brother. But as we've gotten older, we, we've gotten along really well. Um, and currently, my older brother, Alex, is living in Las Vegas with his family. And they've got three, four kids. They've got one on the way. And he lives with his wife. And then Trevor is in... Utah with his wife, and they just had a baby. She's about five months old. I have several memories that stand out to me um, in my childhood. One of them is on Sundays, we would very often go to my Oma and Opa's house. Oma and Opa is um, grandma and grandpa in German, and that is actually something unique about um, My family, both my mother and father, um, come from uh, German families directly. So both of their parents came from Germany, and they actually knew each other and came to the United States. Um, Anyways, that's a kind of a different story. But um, so we went to Omanopa's house, and we would play with all of our cousins, um, all the siblings, my parents. So my aunts and uncles and all my cousins would go to Omanopa's house as well on Sundays and they had a big orchard Um, they still do they live in Bountiful Utah and so that was really fun to go and spend time with my cousins and I got really close with a lot of them 
and we would have like summer parties and just potlucks all the time and we would go and pick the fresh fruit from my from the orchard you know whatever season it was and that was uh, really fun and we played basketball and we liked to play soccer as well and then when it was in the winter time we would all crowd inside their house which is not very big <laughs> but we were all just like crowded around in the in their living room on their couches and we would eat their dried fruit that they had <laughs> dried from their orchard and play games and just talk and have fun so that was a good memory that I really enjoyed and then on my dad's side of the family um Every summer, we would go to Bear Lake, and my dad's family has a cabin and property that they, you know, my grandparents owned it. Um, it has since been passed on to the siblings, um, but we would all go um, and spend weekends at Bear Lake during the summertime, and oftentimes... There would be a boat up there. Some of my uncles had boats, and we would um, go tubing and wave runners. I loved going on wave runners and hitting the waves. And um, and then the campfire at Bear Lake was always a highlight as well. In the evenings, my uncle Brian would... Um, you know, set the fire up, and we would also play volleyball. So we had, like, a big grassy area um, that we had tents lined up along the sides of the grass. That's where we would sleep. And then the cabin was mainly just for the bathroom, and it had a little kitchen area. We could, you know, prep our food, but no, no one really, like, slept in the cabin. We would all usually tent. Um, anyways, but we were very competitive and we would have volleyball matches and <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And just, you know, sitting around the campfire, listening to my aunt and uncles tell stories and my grandparents were there and they told us stories about living in Germany and such. Um, so that was another highlight of my childhood. Most of our um, vacations were spent at Bear Lake. And then one other memory, just growing up, I um, grew up playing soccer. And I think I started when I was five, just playing, um, what is it called? AYSO soccer, like not competitive, I guess. Um, but I scored like five or six goals every game. So <laughs> um, my parents ended up putting me in a competitive league. Um, I don't exactly remember the age I was. I, was, I should have asked, but I was probably around 10 or 11 when I got into competitive soccer. And I played with Utah Force for several years and made a lot of really good um, friends and and teammates, and then we kind of merged into Olympic Montreux, and this was the Premier League. So all of my Saturdays growing up, basically, when I was really young, were 
soccer Saturdays and my younger brother or my my brothers also played soccer for a while as well um but then growing up it was a lot of soccer all week when I was competitive we would have practices several times during the week and games on Saturdays and once during the week as well so those are some good memories that I had and I I miss them a lot <laughs> so my teen years I mean they're probably awkward but <laughs> um I enjoyed most of it I would say um high school or school in general I did not really enjoy that much I mean I was um, a hard worker, but I wouldn't say school came easily to me, at least some subjects, um, like math. Math was always a struggle for me, but, um, so I worked really hard, and I probably spent too much time studying and probably took school too seriously, especially in high school. I wish I would have, um, enjoyed more of the social aspect um, but I was playing soccer for my high school team. I started in ninth grade. Um, I played JV for a year, and then I played varsity for um, my three years in high school. And that was a really fun experience. I got to know, that allowed me to get to know more people in my school than just my close friends. Um, but it was fun because I got to play against a lot of my other teammates from my other competitive team. Um, so soccer, high school soccer, we played during the fall and then uh, the rest of the year I was with my other um, team. And I did have a few really close friends in high school and that was really great, and we still stay in touch to this day. Um, we would often hang out on the weekends and watch movies and play volleyball and soccer and just kind of hang out in someone's backyard and bake cookies or something yummy. Um, but I was very lucky to have some really close friends that... Um, that we still enjoy talking to each other to this day. I was very, very shy um, all growing up, and I, you know, you can still tell that I am <laughs> from this day. Um, but having an athletic ability helped me get out of my comfort zone a lot. Like. Once I get on a soccer field, I'm, I kind of just forget about, you know, you know, whatever. And I just really enjoy it. So, um, other interests that I had growing up, I did take piano lessons, um, for a long time, which is kind of sad that I don't, I feel like I lost the talent <laughs> when I stopped practicing, um, you know, I can still read notes, but it, I would probably have to practice a lot to be able to get back up to what I was at before. Um, and 
something else I can think of in my teen years. I always really wanted to have a job, like a real job to earn money. I always liked having money to be able to buy things that I wanted. But with my time constraints being, um, you know, with soccer and, and school, I wasn't able to have a real job. Um, so I kind of made my own business and, um, well, starting out even when I was younger, I would clean windows. I did a window cleaning business for people in my ward in my neighborhood. And my mom was very nice and she helped me <laughs> a lot of the time with the uh, window cleaning since I was probably still pretty young at that point. But then it grew into cleaning houses um, for friends and family and neighbors. Um, my mom bought a steam, a steamer. I can't remember the name. Yeah, a steamer, like a heavy duty steamer so we could, um, you know, steam everything and it gets everything really clean uh, without having to use chemicals. So I'd steam clean people's houses and cars and whatever they would want. It was a lot of work and I saw a lot of gross stuff, <laughs> but it was worth it because I, I got to earn money and I've always really enjoyed being able to earn money and save it for what I wanted. And I don't know, it's just something um, worthwhile that I've enjoyed and that I enjoyed um, as a teenager. So I learned how to work hard at an early age. I served a mission in Chile Concepcion from December 2013 to June of 2015. And my brother also um, got his mission call same day to Mendoza, Argentina. So we were serving in neighboring countries, um, both Spanish speaking. And so that was kind of unique and fun for both of us to have that experience at the same time. Um, I did not want to serve a mission, but I couldn't deny the promptings that I had had to serve a mission. And this was around the time when President Monson had given the announcement that sisters could serve at age 19. And I was in my first year of college, so I waited until I had finished that first year. And um, then I went off on my mission and it was the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> I wanted to come home the first week. Just between learning a new language and being away from home and learning how to be a missionary and how to teach was very challenging and stressful. <laughs> And I didn't think I could do it. So I spoke with um, the mission president there at the 
MTC and, you know, he encouraged me to stick it out a little longer and to keep doing my best. And he promised me that every day it would get a little bit easier. And it did. I stayed. And worked hard and learned from all my mistakes and from all my companions and from the people we taught. And I had a lot of really good experiences and a lot of not so good experiences, hard ones, as most missions are. And um, I definitely went on my mission to learn for myself and to gain a stronger testimony and to learn how to get out of my comfort zone and serve others. And I think those are the things that I learned the most and I'm really grateful for that time. And for all the companions that I learned from. And the Spanish definitely got easier. It was, I would say about the time I, I mean, that 18 months in, I was really comfortable, but that of course was when I had to go home. I was kind of upset about that. I wanted to be out there a little longer, be able to use my Spanish more. Um, but I think I started training at about nine months in, and that was when my Spanish really started getting better, and I noticed that I could understand full conversations, and, and I had to train another gringa or another American sister who didn't know much Spanish, and so I really had to step up and um, be the one to lead and know the area and such. Um, and it was just amazing to me how quickly the Spanish um, caught on at that point. And I, I know that every day was easier and that the Lord was helping me with all of, all of the things that I had to do on my mission. I attended Utah Valley University in Orem, Utah. And my freshman year, I did right after high school in 2012. And then I served my mission for 18 months and then I came back and continued school. And I always struggled knowing what I wanted to do when I grew up. And then all of a sudden you have to make a decision in college for your major. And that was really stressful for me. And I initially was thinking about doing dietetics, 
but UVU did not have that program, so I would have had to transfer to BYU. That was um, an option. And I decided against that, I think mostly because I had a scholarship at UVU and I didn't want to have to pay any tuition at BYU. <laughs> so I wanted to keep my scholarship. Um, and then I was considering doing nursing school, but as I was doing the prereqs for that, I quickly realized that I just couldn't handle some of, you know, the blood and such, which was kind of sad because I had a lot of, I have a lot of nurses in the family on um, my mom's side of the family, so I, kind of felt like that would be really good, but um, I ended up doing public health at UVU, and that was kind of a good middle ground. I enjoyed all the different topics that we got to study, overall health and wellness, um, you know, spiritual, physical, mental, emotional um, health of, of the body, and so I Enjoyed that, but I also struggled knowing what to do with that degree. I ended up graduating in 2018. And so it took me about four years. And my first year, freshman year, I lived on campus or close to UVU, Wolverine Crossing, with my best friend from high school. We enjoyed being roommates, but we didn't have the best social experience because we were both shy, and so we didn't get out and socialize that much, and we would go home every weekend. So we didn't get to know our ward very well or anything like that, and we had some issues with our other roommates having live-in boyfriends. So. After my mission, I moved to Provo to, I wanted to kind of have, you know, the BYU experience without going to BYU and the social aspect and where people would hopefully be living more of the, the standards that I was looking for. Um, and I mostly found that um, with my roommates. I had some awesome roommates. Um, I lived at um, a complex where I made a lot of good friends. And um, one really important story that comes to mind in this time of my life, this is actually just after I came home from my mission in June of 2015, I needed to look for housing. Um, and I didn't know where I was gonna live. And I was just driving around Provo and I saw a complex that had a sign up and it said Rain Tree. And so I went there and ended up getting a contract there and I felt um, like I needed to live there, which was kind of weird because I didn't know anyone that lived there, had any friends there. Um, and the first day I moved in, I 
met Doris, and Doris was a um, Chinese student that was studying English at BYU through the English um, program there. And she immediately wanted to know about me, and of course I told her that I had just come off a mission from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and she immediately started asking questions about the Book of Mormon and the Gospel, and um, I quickly came out um, or to find that she was searching for the Gospel. That was her main reason of coming to BYU. She Long story short, she had met BYU students in China when she was going to college and had made really good friends with um, some of the teachers and students and she had noticed a light about them. They didn't, she didn't know why or what, but um, she had a friend that gave her a Book of Mormon and so she knew a lot or somewhat of what we believed and I was able to answer a lot of her questions and we had the missionaries come over and teach her the lessons and she got baptized. And I was just so grateful that I was able to have been able to teach her and be a good example to her and I know Having had served a mission, I, I had a good foundation to, to do that and to be mostly her friend. She was just my best friend and we, we got along so well. I spent most of my time with her when I wasn't at school or studying and we got to experience some cool things and ended up going to the temple um, to do baptism for the dead and I got to um, take her to get her patriarchal blessing and she has since moved back to China and is continuing to be a member there although it's very different and difficult for her at times and she's had to change jobs because of it and um, but I, I am so grateful for that experience that I had and um, that's one of the main highlights that I think of when, you know, during my college years. Thomas and I met at our singles ward and at our complex in Provo. It was called Centennial and we lived across from each other in separate buildings. Um, we were in the same ward. He was the elders quorum president at the time. And um, we were just friends for a year and a half and didn't think anything of each other in that way at all. Um, when I moved into Centennial, I actually was dating someone else. Um, and then uh, broke off and then um, it was just kind of 
single and dating and he was dating and single <laughs> you know the single words are really weird and awkward <laughs> um you know you have your meetings where you mingle with each other after church and eat cookies and <laughs> such um but Thomas was always so kind and such a gentleman I noticed he would just open the door for you know anyone all the girls and you know didn't have to mean anything but he was just um very thoughtful and not awkward and um I always felt comfortable around him so that was something that I really liked was that I you know felt like I could be myself around him so we were friends and you know at first we didn't even really do much together but as time went on we kind of you know got to know each other better and he would invite me to play ping pong with him um I lived right next door to the rec room and um I would always beat him in ping pong um and I just was like weirded out that he kept on wanting to um you know play again even though I was winning all the time but he slowly got better and better and now he could probably beat me a lot of the time but uh, we played ping pong a lot and I would invite him to play soccer on Saturday mornings with people in the ward and so we would go do that at the park and that was a lot of fun so I knew he was somewhat athletic which was a requirement <laughs> on my end and um, what really kind of started it is he was trying to set me up with one of his friends and we were all going to go on a group date and he had a date as well but his date fell through and the date that his friend that was he was trying to set me up with actually never called me so I didn't have a date and we ended up going together last minute and we went and played golf it wasn't even golf we were just swinging the golf club I can't remember the name um and it was a good date you know nothing crazy happened but it was fun and anyways um it's a long story basically <laughs> we had some people some friends help us um to kind of get together because he didn't think that I liked him and I didn't think that he liked me and he had dated several of my roommates previously <laughs> and I knew there were lots of girls in the world that liked him so I didn't think I had a chance um, but we had a mutual friend that kind of knew both sides of the story and she told Thomas to ask me out on just one more date and he he was like, all right. And then she came and talked to me and said that I needed to tell him how I felt quickly or else I was going to lose my chance with him. And at this point, I was about to move out of our complex <clears throat> since I had just graduated. 
And so I, that day that my friend talked to me, I went over and, and talked to Thomas and told him how I felt. And we started dating. Um, that day and then a week later I ended up going to China to go visit Doris my friend that I had planned on visiting I didn't know it was actually going to happen because I hadn't gotten all the details figured out um, I ended up going through an English language program to teach English for two weeks and then for another week I went to visit my friend Doris so that wasn't very good, leaving a new, fresh relationship for a couple of weeks. But um, I came back and, you know, everything went smoothly and we just enjoyed spending as much time together as we could. And I ended up moving back to Centennial over the summer um, so that we could be closer and not have to do a long distance relationship. And so we got engaged. So we got married April 25th, 2019, and we lived in Provo um, for another um, two years or a year and a half. And Thomas was finishing up school at BYU and I ended up getting a job at Mine 529, which is a college savings fund for um, anyone that you want to start it for. And I was commuting an hour and a half one way um, to Salt Lake every day. Um, I took the front runner. So I had a lot of time to sit and sleep and read and listen to podcasts. <laughs> I would mostly sleep though. Somehow the train just always rocked me to sleep. But um, that was, I enjoyed my job. I had really good benefits. And so that's why I kept it. I didn't want to have to look for another job in Provo and I, just do not like looking for jobs. Um, so I stuck it out until Thomas finished school. And when COVID hit in 2020, um, I was able to work from home and that was a really big blessing. I didn't have to spend three hours every day commuting and I enjoyed that a lot. Um, it was a mini call center, so I was on the phones a lot, um, helping answer questions for account owners. Um, but I really enjoyed working um, with my team. And we ended up moving to Bountiful, Utah, in my home and open basement for the summer of. 2020 um, because Thomas got an internship out on that side of the valley and it was a lot closer to my job so that worked out really well for us and then Thomas
almost graduated in 2021. And in April, he, he took a job here in Calhoun, um, where a place that he had interned before at Apache Mills. And so he came out here um, a couple weeks before I did. And at this point, we were pregnant with um, our little boy, Taysom. And I was 32 weeks pregnant when I flew out to Calhoun. And so that was really stressful for me. Um, but we made it work, and Taysom was born on June 1st of... 2021 and he is um, just a wonderful little boy he's so cute and smart and we've just enjoyed seeing him grow and develop current hobbies and interests I mean it's hard to find time nowadays with a little toddler running around but um, Thomas and I really enjoy going out and biking he that's always been his hobby but since being married he's taken me along and i've really started to enjoy it lately it's kind of like running i don't know at first when you're not in very good shape it's not that enjoyable <laughs> but as you get better and more in shape and you just i don't know it's it's fun to be outside in nature and there's a lot of good mountain biking in Utah but also here in Georgia. I've been surprised that there's been some good trails so I like to mountain bike and I still love to play soccer but I haven't gotten the chance to do that in a few years really. Um, I'd love to find a club here but I don't know and I have enjoyed Recently, since moving into our home, just doing little DIY projects. Um, I have never used a power tool in my life, except um, just recently learning to use a few things here and there. Um, I painted our kitchen cabinets and refinished our kitchen table. And my next project, I want to do some board and batten on our kitchen wall um, and then work on our porch and our, our deck and our bathrooms. So I think DIY is kind of my new thing recently. And I also enjoy reading, um, but don't have very much time to do that. I think it was a gradual, um, thing to have my testimony it wasn't just a one-time thing or experience um, but definitely little by little as I I was raised um, in the church so I did have you know my parents to lean on for a while but then as I got older um, you know reading the Book of Mormon and having experiences there, um, you know, getting answers to my prayers, those 
those um, moments have really helped grow my testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, you know, girls camp also, I can really remember feeling the spirit very strongly. Um, just being in nature, totally do believe that um, I can feel the spirit when I'm out in God's creations. And I had really great young women's leaders growing up that um, really helped strengthen my testimony and just seeing their examples and the examples of my family and my grandparents. Um, so just all those little things helped add up to, to my testimony and of course serving my mission. Definitely my mission was um, where I learned to trust my Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ the most and to really lean on them. And, um, yeah, I probably wouldn't want to do it again, but <laughs> that was where, where I learned a lot. I like that the ward is constantly changing. There's always new faces and um, new people to get to know. I mean, it's, it is also sad at the same time to see people leave as well. Um, it's kind of um, just a lot of change happening even since we've moved in. Um, so that is what I enjoy is getting to know the, the members of the ward and how there's always change. I would want my posterity to know that they are the child of God and they are loved. They have a divine potential and um, a saying that I really like is decisions determine your destiny. I don't know if that was Hinkley, but I, I do believe that your decisions will determine your future. Um, so do your best every day to, to make good decisions and um, rely on the Lord and he will guide you. Well, that brings us to a close for this week's podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed the personal history and stories presented today. And most of all, I hope it has brought you closer to another member of our ward.